This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. And Rodgers is going to begin to take off and then fire and it's caught. Touchdown, James Jones. I'm not a big gambler. I only play the slots because you know what they say. Scared money, don't make money. And I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone. Caught for the touchdown, James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali Swag. swag yeah that's right hope you guys like the new intro our producer mixed in some calls from james's playing days and also as you heard some snippets of my time anchoring at nbc sports we're still playing around with it but i think it's pretty cool well this is keeping it 300 brought to you by blue wire and shipstation.com if you sell things online make sure you visit shipstation.com and use the promo code blue wire to get the best shipping rates available I'm Fallon Smith. James Jones is on the other side of the mic, and he's still feeling himself after making his Hard Knocks debut on Tuesday night. Man, I'm about to blow up. You see me <laughs> everywhere Everywhere I walk around now. People are like, man, I seen you on Hard Knocks. So, and I be looking at him. so like, you haven't been watching me on the network? You just now seeing me on TV? What's up with that, man? <laughs> A lot of people watch Hard Knocks. Actually, it was um, the second most viewed premiere of a season since the Jets, which was in 2010. Wow. So a lot of people watch Hard Knocks, so it was pretty cool. Um, You said on the pod last week, or actually maybe a few weeks ago, that you wanted to make sure that the NFL Network had you at camp so that you could get on Hard Knocks. So clearly you got your wish. Uh, But did you know that your chat with AB would make the air? Like, did someone give you a heads up? You know, as I was walking around, and everybody I talked to when I sat there and talked to Mark – the cameras came right over us real quick. Then I'm like, I went to talk to AB, and the cameras came right over us real quick. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm not big time. What is all these cameras? And then I, when I was talking to him, he was like, yeah, man, we, you know, we hard. I said, I forgot it was hard knock. So when I was talking to him. Liar, you forgot. Liar. I did. I'm like, man, I forgot, like, you guys was on Hard Knocks. No wonder all these crazy cameras is out here following everybody, any conversation, trying to get some stuff. But then I started talking to him, and I started talking to him about D.C., just sharing the story. But, no, I had absolutely no clue that it was going to be on Hard Knocks. I was just out there talking, building my relationships, and I had no clue, like, they was going to put it on Hard Knocks. And even as I was watching it, I was sitting there watching, and all of a sudden I got up, and my son came and went, Daddy, you on TV? You talking to A.B.? And I said, what? So I came back in the living room. And uh, I see me talking. I said, that's pretty cool, man. I made my Hard Knocks debut. I'm about to blow up. Man, I wasn't even going to play the uh, audio clip until later because I was trying to have a little nice flow and, and preview what we're talking about on this episode. But since we already got there, uh, let me 
play real quick James's Hard Knocks debut, everybody. There we go. So that was James's Hard Knocks debut. I loved it because one, you told me that story during the season. I remember back in 2014. And a lot of people, I think, kind of knew it too after the Seattle game. But to hear it from a player's perspective, I think that's pretty cool. And I'm sure that uh, AB, you know, loved to hear that. Raider Nation loved to hear it because you're putting, you know, in AB's ear a bug like, yo, DC the dude. DC is the dude. Trust me. Oh, man. And he knows it. I mean, he's out there. I mean,. He sees the way how fast the ball comes out of Derek Carr's hands. He sees how accurate Derek Carr is. I mean, he knows that, you know what I mean? He he can't have a big year with Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr is a special passer. He's a special QB. So, so he knows that. But if you really listen, you can see and hear me and A.B., we kind of trying to whisper. But, you know, there's new, technolo- there's new technology and all. With the boom mics. Yeah, they're boom you know, mics. Yeah, they, they picked us up clear as day. But we was actually trying to whisper once we seen them cameras, you know what I mean? But, you know, they just said, you guys can't sneak by us, man, and they got us good. But, no, man, I can't wait till A.B. get back out there, man, because, I mean, even when he is out there, I mean, we've seen the connection between him and Derek Carr, man, and it's, it's, it's going to be a fun season. So you're saying, though, that that conversation was really organic. You did not know the Hard Knocks cameras were there or you didn't realize it or you didn't forgot about it. So you were really whispering. So this was 100 percent an organic conversation. One hundred percent. Like if I we're said, keeping it 300, I just want to make sure. Yes, this- keeping keeping it 300. I was talking to Mark and I was talking to Mayock and maybe like two minutes into the conversation, the camera came right over us. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking it's just like training camp or whatever. You know, the cameras is out here. I work for NFL Network. Boom, you know, they just, they're out here. Then as I rolled and went over there and talked to AB and I talked to EB, the receiver coach, the camera just kept following. And I'm like, what's going on? And then that's when AB was like, dude, we are hard knocks. And then that's when me and him both kind of started trying to whisper a little mm-hmm. bit, but obviously it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it got me my little hard knocks debut, man. And, you know, I'm a superstar, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm so bad because I'd only believe, like, part of your story because you said on the podcast how you better go out there because you're trying to be on hard box and then you're just well, like yeah, you I just mean, forgot you just forgot everybody that the everybody knows everybody knows that i'm a jokester but saying that on the podcast i tr- i promise you i keeping it 300 i really forgot and i'm like dang but then as i seen the cameras and ab told me that i'm like shoot i might mess around and be on that thing <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. One thing you mentioned earlier is AB knows, you know, that DC is that dude. He already knows. From what you've seen at practice, and not even just when you're there, I'm sure you've seen highlights on your network, etc. And even Derek has said he feels way more confident this season, and he looks more confident out there. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know who I told this to. I forget who I told it to. But Derek, second year in the offense, is night and day. I mean, he's extremely comfortable. He's going out there. The, the ball's coming out of his hands fast. He's going through all his reads. But the reason why I really know he's comfortable is he's switching up the snap count. Oh, you said that to Raider Cody on the Raider Cody podcast. Yeah, he's, he's switching up the snap count. So he's getting up there. He's going on three. Then he's going on two. Then he's going on four. Mm-hmm. Then he's going on one. He's switching it up. And as a quarterback, when you're switching up the snap count, that's letting you know that I'm not thinking about nothing. I just want to see what defense you're in so I could pick you apart because yeah. I know where I'm going with the football if you're in this defense. And you could just see it's night and day with the offense with him and Gruden that, you know, even if it's a deep ball, man, he's he's one, two, three, four, five, boom, ball out, one, two, three, ball out. Like, he looks extremely confident. He's out there talking junk to the DBs, to the defense. You know, he pumping his receivers up, and he, he just having a good time, and you can tell that he's comfortable. Well, I meant to preview what we were going to discuss on this episode, um, but clearly we already got out of order. That was my fault. But it is Friday, August 9th. A lot has happened since our last podcast, which was nearly two weeks ago. Of course, there's hard knocks. We have a lot from that. Also, the big story the past two weeks, Antonio Brown's feet. He's still not practicing. We're going to discuss that. And then yesterday, right guard Gabe Jackson, he was carted off the field during the Raiders' second joint practice with the Rams. He's going to miss eight weeks. Could have been worse. So we'll discuss that and what the Raiders do now. Plus, the Raiders, they released their first depth chart, and a lot of young guys are turning heads. No surprise there. And the Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas officially has a name. Now, this podcast has been really Raiders heavy, and if we're keeping it 300, I'm good with that. They're the talk of the league right now, largely in part because of Antonio Brown and him continuing to make headlines, and of course, because of HBO's Hard Knocks. So that is why this is going to be an all Raiders podcast today. So sorry, Packers fans. I know there's a lot of Packers things to discuss, but we'll do that next week. I promise. Sorry. Before we get to Hard Knocks, let's start with the big news out of Raiders camp yesterday, and that is that right guard Gabe Jackson was carted off the field when a player rolled into his left leg early in practice. Now, he suffered an MCL injury to his left leg, and according to reports, he is going to miss about eight weeks. So that timeline puts his return to early October. And week five, October 6th, they play the Bears. And then they have a bye following uh, the week five game before they play your Packers in week seven. So still plenty of football left after that. But their schedule is brutal. You know, they their first five games are against the Broncos, Chiefs, Vikings, Colts, and the Bears. And the Raiders will already be without starting left guard Richie Incognito for the first two games because of a suspension. And the top backup, the top left guard backup, Denzel Good, he's expected to miss the start of the season after having back surgery. So Jonathan Cooper is expected to start in Incognito's place to begin the season at left guard. So then when you go to the right guard position, um, yesterday Denver Kirkland and Jordan Davey, or Davey, I don't know how to say his name, uh, split time with the ones. When, when Gabe went down at camp yesterday. So 
They have a lot of patchwork they got to do uh, to start the season and things to figure out before the season begins. And this is a tough break for a Raiders team, you know, who had high hopes for their quote unquote massive O-line. You know, Richie Incognito said, man, we are big as F up front during the Hard Knocks episode. And they put this massive O-line together, you know, this offseason in hopes of keeping Carr upright, having a solid running game. But again, James, you know, this could have been much worse. So what do the Raiders do now? Does this concern you? Well, listen, I've seen this O-line when they all were healthy, and it's a dominant O-line. I mean, when you have, you got Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito at the guards, you know you got Big Hudson at the, uh, at the center, and the tackles are very, very, very good. This is a dominant offensive line. Now, I will say this about Gabe Jackson. I've had an MCL tear. And I came back in two weeks off an MCL tear. Now, I'm not saying I'm tougher than Gabe Jackson. <laughs> what, I'm t- <laughs> what I'm saying is, is Raider Nation, I think he's going to be back a lot sooner than people think. Hmm. Number one, number one, he's an offensive lineman, so he doesn't have to sprint and stop, and so he won't have to worry about that. Now, another thing is, is I didn't have 300-pound guys pushing on me and me trying to stick my foot in the ground and push back on them and stop them from getting to my quarterback. So, you know, it's definitely different, but it's an MCL, which is very good, no ACL, nothing else surrounding it got tore, which is good too, so you're just treating an MCL. And if I had to guess with it only being the first week of preseason. So he, I would say he probably can easily be back for week one and probably be 100% by week two. I think that's just the Raiders basically telling people, you know, shoot, it's an MCL. You know, if worst-case scenario, he's going to miss eight weeks. But I've been around Gabe. He a hard worker. He gonna grind, but I don't. I really don't see him missing a lot of time in the regular season. I say maybe maximum one or two games, and he'll be back in there. So, I think once after that second week, you're able to get Richie back, and I'm probably 100% Gabe will be in there too. This offensive line is gonna be dominant, and you got the young fella back there running the ball. You know they're gonna they're gonna be fine. So Raider Nation, don't worry too much. They could buy some time for a couple weeks and, you know, come up with some game plan to be able to help the old line out and they'll be fine. I really can't believe you're sitting up here and saying that he's going to be back possibly after just a couple games. 100%. Where's listen, your intel? Listen, What's your remember? intel? This is just guessing? No, this is just me having the injury. But we don't know the grade. Like you know when I, mean? I had the grades. injury, the trainers told me, JJ, it's six to eight weeks injury, and I'm looking at them in their face like you guys are out of your mind. I hurt my knee week three in the preseason in Denver came down on my knee like I always come down on my knee, caught a ball, you know, almost scored a touchdown, one foot in, one foot out, fell on my knee, right? Mm-hmm. Popped up, my knee was like locked up, and I'm like, dang, what I what I do? And then it loosened up immediately. And I went over there to the trainers, they checked my knee, and they said, J.J., it's your MCL. And I said, man, y'all crazy. Like, I could bend my knee, I could move and all that. Then I sat down for five minutes, and that thing blew up like a water balloon. Oh, and it was just super. It was just super stiff, and I had the ice and all. And I came back in two weeks. I missed the first game of the regular season, and I came back. Gabe has a little bit more time than me. I did mine the third week of preseason. So what I'm saying is, is they tell you this is a six to eight week injury, just because they want that to be known. That's the worst case scenario. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But to, in all honesty, 
if you grind and you treat and all that type stuff, I mean, you could come back from this injury in two to three weeks. But he's also, you know, a lot bigger than you. Probably has, what, 150 more pounds? Yes. And, and, he does, and he doesn't have to sprint and stop okay, at full speed. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And he can wear a brace. You know what I mean? As a receiver, you really can't wear no brace. You can't plant and cut and all that with a big old brace. As an offensive lineman, it can help him out even more. And now that I'm even thinking about the brace, he's probably going to be back sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he has that for for stability as well. So I, I really, I'm telling you, I've had this injury before. I definitely do not see Gabe missing, missing six to eight weeks. I'm saying he'll miss probably the first preseason, I mean the first regular season game and, and be back for that second one. Obviously, Raider Nation sure hopes that's the case. Yesterday, they were fearful that they could have lost him for the whole season. So regardless, when he comes back, he is coming back. And that is definitely the best case scenario, better than the alternative, of course. So it could have been much worse. Okay, so I have to cut in here, and this may be a little weird transition, but after James and I recorded this podcast, I get an alert on my phone. And what do you think it's about? Shocker, Antonio Brown. This time, it's not about his feet. It's about his helmet. Yes, folks, his helmet. So NFL Insider with ESPN, Adam Schefter, the GOAT, uh, he's reporting that AB has told team officials that unless he gets to wear his old helmet, he will not play football again. Yes, I'm not making this up. Unless he gets to wear his old helmet, he will not play football again. So apparently, A.B. believes the new helmet that the rules mandate he wears protrudes out and interferes with his vision as he tries to catch a football, right? So Schefter wrote that the Raiders have been sending Brown other approved helmets to try out, but at this time, he is not interested in wearing any of them. So apparently, this is the cause for his long absence. Not his feet, but a helmet. This is just stupid. Now he gets a pass, of course, for his injury because we know how tough of a guy he is um, and he's going to play through it. We saw him practice through it. Um, And that's the crazy thing. So later you're going to hear James go to bat for him, kind of defend him, you know, say he's a tough guy because of course he is. And even when he's asked to tune it down and tone it down and give his body some rest, he won't because he's out there to feed his family and he will do anything it takes to be out there. This obviously is from James's mouth. He is going to feed his family. He's going to do whatever it takes to be out on the field, right? But if that's the case, and James obviously isn't here at the moment because he's on air with the NFL Network, and I'm recording this after we recorded our podcast, so he's not really here to um, give another opinion. But if that is the case, then why is he stomping his feet and throwing a fit over a helmet? So you will, quote unquote, stop feeding your family or not play? over a helmet how does that make sense you say the things that you say you're going to do whatever it takes to be on the field but if you're not able to wear your old helmet yeah you're not playing football again really I understand if you don't like the way the new helmets are designed okay totally understand that but everybody else has to wear them if you feel it interferes with your vision Okay, I understand the frustration, but guess what? Everybody else is at a disadvantage as well. You know what I mean? And you're the only one here complaining about it. This is just ridiculous. It's insane. Insanity. There are so many other things to make a stink over. A helmet is not one of them. 
Oh, and, and guess what, folks? It doesn't stop there. No. We actually gathered more information. We got more information from Mike Silver of the NFL Network. So he's reporting that this has been an issue since OTAs. That one day, A.B. stormed out of the facility because he wasn't able to wear his old helmet and said, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you know, they're not subject to the same scrutiny as me. And this is ridiculous. But according to Silver, a Raiders official got practice video of Rodgers, sent it to A.B., and the next day, A.B. showed up and acted like nothing happened. But then over the next couple of weeks, apparently he kept trying to sneak his old helmet onto the field. So, you know, they told him, take it off, and they gave him the newer helmet, and he wore it. He wore the new helmet. So when training camp began, everybody thought this issue was resolved. But once again, he tried to sneak his old helmet onto the field during that one time that he practiced. (laughs) Now, Silver, he also said, since joining the Raiders, A.B. has frustrated his new bosses by showing up late to meetings, appearing unfocused in the meetings, like apparently he is liking pictures on Instagram during the meetings. But Silver said, you know, a source told him, still, the meeting thing isn't even that bad. But the feet, the helmet, and then going dark, you know, going silent on the team, those are the issues. That's bad. And it is. Seriously, guys, this is crazy. But at the same time, can't say I'm surprised, right? Now, I hope he comes to his senses and gets back on the field very shortly. Clearly, now that we've learned more that the foot thing will heal and he'll be back, it doesn't matter. Knowing that this is keeping him off the field, a helmet, huh, just blows my mind, y'all. Raider Nation, it appears the Raiders officially have an Antonio Brown problem. There is an official Antonio Brown problem. You can put up with the antics, you know, all the crazy things he does um, off the field and even, you know, coming to training camp in a hot air balloon. Who cares about that stuff? But just not showing up because of a helmet? Hmm. I don't know, man. I know that this is a misunderstood dude. Um, I know he has a great heart. I know people who know him, including James, uh, including Derek Carr, and they love him. You know, they love that he's a family guy, loves his kids. They say he's a good teammate. But man, you sure are making it hard for people to really be on your side, A.B. And I want to be on your side. A lot of people want to be on your side, but you are making it very difficult. Very difficult. And it makes me think, too, being a Raiders fan at heart. I mean, day. why can't the Raiders catch a break? It's always something. There's some type of drama. There's always some type of dysfunction. Man. (sighs) All right, guys. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. But also, according to Adam Schefter, Brown filed a grievance with the NFL to be allowed to keep wearing his old helmet. And he had a two-hour conference call with league officials today to argue why he should be able to wear his old helmet. It's a helmet that he's worn for 10 years. Okay, so that's why he's all up in arms about it. Now, a decision, according to Schefter, can come as early as next week. So we shall see how this all plays out. Again, this was post-produced, and it was after James and I finished recording. So let's get back to our discussion and our podcast from earlier today about Antonio Brown. 
top storylines of Hard Knocks, obviously, has been AB's absence from camp. He has only practiced one time, and that was on July 30th, and he looked good on July 30th. Now, we got to talk about AB's feet. That is the big story across the NFL right now, national news. He posted, you know, pictures of his feet, which we're discussing. Did you see them, James? I did, man, and it's hard to believe that that picture is real. Because <laughs> it's so gross, right? I thought it might have been like fungus because there was some green to it, you know, but it looked like a bunch of blisters and maybe it was fungus. So originally I thought, man, this is what happens when you don't take a, a day off to recover, you know, because he number, maybe Number one, himself. what I was thinking is there's no way that picture is real of his feet. Because if you get one or two blisters, little baby blisters on your feet, it's hard to run and plant as a receiver. So I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if this is A.B.'s feet, like there's no way he's running. And then I thought to myself, because you already always know, I pride myself on being a grinder, never missing no games, never mm-hmm. missing no practice. Then I thought to myself, if this dude has been out there running with his feet like that and training and grinding with his feet like that, I said, this dude is tough. Mm-hmm. Like this dude, he is a monster. You know what I mean? Because I don't see nobody training or even coming out to practice, practicing for the couple of days. He did practice at training camp with his feet. Like, like he is a monster. Mm-hmm. And any teammate or anybody that looked at his feet and seen him come out there practice, catching them bombs over dudes and going out there, like, as a teammate, you like, bruh. Like, you really want to be out here with us, man. And that that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm looking at his feet like this. If my feet were like that, me saying I'm the toughest dude in the world, I am sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I am there. I ain't training. I am sitting down. This dude is still out there training, running sprints, trying to get himself back out there with his with his feet like that, man. Like that much respect, man. He is he is a monster for that. Now here's the thing, John Gruden, you know, even told him, Can't you just turn it up mentally and give the body a break? You know, and he's like, No. <laughs> no, because that ain't that ain't the way he built. Yeah. And 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 that's why and that's why Gruden brought him over there too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Mayock and Gruden and Mark Davis, that's all they talk about. There's a line, James. There's a line. There is a line, but if you've been doing this for so long, that is you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's tough to get you out of there. Like, if you hear A.B. talk, this is how I provide for my family. Yeah. And it ain't nothing keeping me from providing for my family. Coach, I understand what you're talking about. You know what I mean? But this is how I am. I'm full in every time I'm out there grinding because this is how I provide for my family. So ain't no feet going to slow me down. Once they get right, I'm going to come out here. I ain't turning it up mentally and turning it down. I'm coming out here and I'm working. You know, and that's him. Let's talk about the issue at hand. And that is, according to multiple reports, even your guy at your network, uh, Ian Rappaport, AB suffered frostbite or freezer burn uh, while he was in a cryotherapy machine in Paris because he wasn't wearing the proper footwear. Now, James, back in 2018, I know two basketball players at Missouri State, not Mizzou, where my husband coaches, so I have to make that clear, but Missouri State, two basketball players, they used a cryotherapy machine and they suffered severe frostbite and it ended both of their seasons, okay? It was so bad that they couldn't finish the season and they're still recovering from those injuries. Obviously, A.B. 
has practiced, okay? So it probably isn't as severe. You know, he's powered through the pain, as we mentioned. Um, and on Hard Knocks, the Raiders trainer had said what? He, I think he said AB can't make sharp cuts no. yet. So that's why they wanted him to slow it down. But then you have now some uh, media outlets out of Pittsburgh, which, I mean, we should err on the side of caution there because it's out of Pittsburgh, saying that AB has gone radio silent on the team. So they don't know what the heck is going on. And obviously... Last week, John Gruden said it's very disappointing that he's not practicing. It is very disappointing. So what do you know, James, as far as this whole frostbite situation, when he will be back? Well, what I do know is, is I've been in them cryotherapy machines a bunch of times when I played to try to bring my body back. And you do have to wear the proper socks and footwear and all that when you get up in there. So I don't know, like I said, how severe it is. Uh, for him, you know, getting up in there. But I do know if you don't have the right stuff on, that possibly can happen. Now, what I do know is when I talked to A.B. at practice, he told me straight up that I'm going to be good. You know what I mean? And I just asked him, how you feel? He said, I feel great. Legs is great. He said, man, my feet hurt a little bit, but yeah, I'm going to be straight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming that this is all going to roll over. I know it sucks, especially coming, you know, hearing from Gruden. You know what I mean? Like, you got a new toy. You know what I'm saying? You paid him all this money. You know what I mean? Your offense is going to be explosive. You just want him out there so you guys can get this chemistry down, you and Derek Carr. You know what I mean? So we can figure out the right guys to put around you and things like that. So it's frustrating from that standpoint. But as anyone knows, and that's why you hear Gruden say, man, can you just turn it up mentally and not physically? Because I want you out here even if it's getting some mental reps and things like that. But we know what you're going to do when you're healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, that that's the positive coming out of all this because, I mean, talking to A.B., he's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. And knowing that, you know, he's one of those guys in the National Football League that's always available, you know what I mean? He'll be fine. But if that is a real picture of his feet, Raider Nation, you got to give him some time. John Gruden, you got to give him some time to recover because you know how this dude plays the game. You don't want that coming over to the season and him playing a game then off a game, playing a game then off a game, yeah. or really not looking like himself because of his feet you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so I think at the end of the day he'll be fine but I've been in one of those machines and you know that stuff starts coming up from the bottom up you know what I mean so it's freezing cold in there for the three minutes you're allowed to sit in there you know what I mean so you gotta have the proper footwear and all that on you know so he probably could have you know just was like man I'm just gonna get this three minutes and jump in there I don't know the story don't know how it went down and then boom he got frostbitten and now, now he gotta deal with it but the good thing is we seen him out there running we seen him out there practicing and eventually he'll be back Gruden you know even said on hard knocks and we already have talked about this when AB practices he elevates everybody's game on both sides of the ball everybody around him gets better um, and so that's kind of why in my opinion at this point I believe his absence is kind of a cause for concern even though he is a vet he is in a new offense the Raiders need to iron out some things you know before they kick off the season and it seems like he's going to miss the entire preseason but 
you think it's going to be fine. Yes, and I'm not worried about any preseason games. All I'm worried about is I want you to get out there, you know, in the next couple of weeks before the first regular season game so we could get this timing and stuff down with you and Derek Carr. And it looks like the timing with him and Derek Carr is is right is on the same page because every time he practices, you see him bomb after bomb, quick passes and, and things like that. But you want to get out there and uh, polish some of these things up. But then again, you want to know, like, okay, how are we going to use A.B.? Who are we going to put around him to make him better? Obviously, you got Tyrell on the outside, but we got a young guy in Hunter Renfro. We got Ryan Grant. Like, how are we going to mix all these dudes in to make sure we got the three best guys on the field or the four best guys on the field to be able to to make sure we could get some matchup problems. So you want, you want him out there, you know, in, in training camp, out there practicing, not necessarily for the preseason game. I was going to play this audio clip uh, for the last thing about A.B., but I'm not going to do it because we're kind of going over time already. But um, did you see that exchange between A.B. and his kids on the field? And they were like, Daddy, where's Roethlisberger? And he's like, Roethlisberger yeah. is no longer our quarterback, son. <laughs> we got Derek Carr. Yeah. And your sons, when you were played, were as young as A.B.'s at the time, right? When you were playing that one year with the Raiders. Were they asking you questions like, Daddy, where's Aaron Rodgers? No, man. They were good, man. Them, them two dudes right there, man. My two kids, was they just loved to run around with their head cut off. You know what I mean? But <laughs> playing, with Aaron, playing with Aaron so much, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they would come home and, you know, be in the, be in the living room and all that. Like, I'm Aaron Rodgers. So, you know what I mean? And things like that. But as they started coming to practices, and stuff like that, and Derek Carr started messing with them. They started seeing DC. I mean, shoot, they was they was all for Derek Carr. So I mean, them kids is young. I mean, his dad been playing for the Steelers forever. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a given that they go, you know, Daddy, hey, we're we're Roethlisberger and all that stuff. Like, it's a given. But I loved it. it was once cute. DC and, and AB start getting into the game and throwing that thing around, they're gonna be best friends with DC. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so enough about AB. Hopefully, he gets back sooner rather than later, but. I felt that we needed more John Gruden in the first episode because each scene with him was gold, especially the opening scene when he was giving uh, the team a speech. So take a listen to this. Everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? All right, everybody in the NFL, I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into f***ing nightmares. You guys with me on that? You got to end somebody's dream. You got to take their job. You got to take their heart. Are you guys clear about this NFL now? We're not trying to go to the Peach Bowl. We're not trying to go to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, so James, does that fire you up? It does. As I'm sitting right, I mean, it don't fire me up sitting right here because I know I ain't going. <laughs> I know I ain't going out there to catch no passes or anything. But uh, if I was on the team as a guy on the team, absolutely, man. You know, everybody has us as the underdog right now. We have no chance to win this division. You know what I mean? Shoot, we got a lot to prove. You know what I mean? And it's just, hey, it's time to go. You know, it, it is time to go. It's time to ruin people's dreams. You know what I mean? It ain't. Look, listen. The Kansas City Chiefs think they go to the Super Bowl. We need to ruin their dream. And we need to be up at the top of this thing when it's all said and done. You know, so as a player sitting down there, I love it. You know what I mean? Because that is what it's all about. And all 32 teams right now think they are winning the Super Bowl. So somebody got to crush somebody's dream. <laughs> 
Why not us? This is what's so funny. You know, like you're a grown man. Okay. I'm a grown woman. And obviously there's a lot of young guys on the team and there's also some older guys on the team. For me, I kind of laugh because it's just funny to me because that's, that's John Gruden. That's what he's known for. Like the way that he talks and the things that he says that is bulletin board material. So it's kind of hard for me to take him seriously. You know what I mean? But I guess when you're in that element, you just finished practice and you guys are trying to, you know, that's some motivation right there. I guess you're believing it. But, you know, as a player, what is it like? Because for me, I kind of laugh. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, you better believe. And see, this is the thing, man, that, you know, a lot of people don't understand is in all these team meeting rooms, the coach comes in there with a message from day one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he comes in there with a message of this is how it's going to be this season. This is what we need to do. This is what type of team we are going to be. You know what I mean? So if he's preaching this in the team meetings and then he comes out there and gives you a, gives you a speech like that, as a player, it's going to fire you up because he's been, he been preaching this all all season long, you know what I mean, all off season long that, that this is how it's going to be. And you could tell even looking at a lot of the guys' faces in that clip, you know, they, they glued in on him. You know what I mean? Like, and you you better believe that they walked away from there and they said, "Man, we that's what we got to do. Yeah. We got to ruin some people's dreams." We are everybody is not saying the Raiders is going to the Super Bowl. The Raiders is winning this division. Everybody is saying, "Man, give Gruden time. This thing is going to take time." You know what I'm saying? And you better believe as the Raiders are they, they the time is now for them. You know what I mean? That's why they did all the moves they did in the offseason. So, yes, if we're going to be that team, we got to ruin somebody's dream. If I, had, if I was a betting man and I could bet on it, I bet, I bet you that when they get back to Alameda, the practice field, I bet, I, I bet you $100 or $300 that <laughs> it's going to be signs up in that building that say ruin people's dreams <laughs> every time you come in ruin people's dreams that's what we're here for well we also learned that gruden has a few simple rules this is him addressing the team the day before camp started don't have a lot of rules don't be late try not to be overweight bust your ass and use common sense that pretty much sums it up i do also want to reiterate i don't want any rookie hazing Okay, now, if you guys have them sing the fight song or something like that, I'm all for that. But be professional with these guys. They've earned that much. We've worked our asses off to bring this group together, to turn this franchise around and create an identity and create a culture that can carry us on into the future. So, James, pretty easy to follow, right? Don't be late. Don't be overweight. Bust your butt. Use common sense. And then, of course, the other one, no rookie hazing. How were your former coaches about rookie hazing? <laughs> you know, they were the same way. We didn't have rookie hazing in Green Bay. I mean, it was, you know, it was it was all about respect, you know, and I think that's the main thing. You know, you don't want a lot of these people to go overboard with the rookie hazing and then you get rookies that don't like certain guys on the team, want to fight certain guys on the team because they over there rookie hazing thinking that they just a big bad wolf cuz I'm a rookie. You start getting the team divided, you know what I mean? So I like it, no rookie hazing and stuff like that because it's like, look, everybody around here, we chasing one goal, let's respect each other, let's respect everybody around here, and let's go get this thing together. Now, what we did have to do, like he said, we had to get up in front of the thing and sing, uh, bust a rap or something, you know, you had to get up 
You know, you had to buy, you know, deodorant and lotion and candy and all that type of stuff for the people's lockers and all that type of stuff, stuff like that. But nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Go do this. Go do that. You know, this and that. So, I mean, that's how it was in there. And then, you know, to me, when, when it's like that, man, like I said, you respect each other a lot more. And, you know, I mean, you fight as a team and it ain't like I'm better than you because you're a rookie. So the main four rules though don't be late don't be overweight bust your butt use common sense a couple guys learn that quickly (laughs) a couple guys learn that quickly because i don't know if you know but chris warren the third you know the running back yeah he was told to drop weight guess what he didn't drop weight and then he was cut yeah and then we saw uh ronald ollie the d tackle from last chance you he got cut he complained about his Achilles, and then he missed treatment with the trainer. Like, that's not a good look, son. Like I said, me and my sons was watching the Hard Knocks, and that was a very good teaching moment for me and my sons right there because when I seen he went up to the trainer, yeah. and he said, I can't go. He pulled himself out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I told my sons right then and there, I said, that's when you got to be a dog, man. If it ain't off the hinges and you can't walk, you go out there and you practice, man. I said, that's when you show you tough. I said, you don't show you tough when it's all fine and your body feel great. And I said, that's when you show you tough. I said, now, if you popped your Achilles or Toye, that's something else. But I said, if daddy come and you can walk off this field and you can jog and run and come to practice the next day and you checked yourself out of practice, I said, you soft, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was a very good teaching moment. And then they seen him get cut. And there was another teaching moment. See, when you don't act tough. Mm-hmm. They cut you. That's what I told Mikey. When you don't act tough, they cut you. They, they don't know nothing else that's going on. But I said, when you don't act tough, they cut you, man. Now, look, it, obviously that sucks that you had, you know, an injured Achilles, whatever, if he actually did. But then you don't use common sense and you miss treatment with the trainer. Yeah. What I don't understand is, you know, these guys sometimes, you know, there are thousands of dudes who would die for the opportunity to try and make an NFL roster. And of course, when you're undrafted, you know, your chances are slim. Yeah. You have zero room for error. Okay. And we've seen several undrafted guys go on to have successful careers in the NFL. An example, just on the Raiders, you know, Jalen Richard. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been one of the best Raiders offensive uh, weapons since his rookie season in, in 2016. And when you're trying to make an NFL roster, you have to bust your butt every day. Stop making excuses. You know, do what you're told. Like, I really don't understand how Chris Warren just didn't drop the weight. Yeah. He felt he didn't need to. Guess what? Your coaches are telling you that you need to. So if you want to be on this team, you need to drop the weight. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like anything, man. If you want to keep your job, if this is what they tell you to do, you got to do it. And at the end of the day, if you do it, you make a lot of money. You know what I mean? But like the coaches always used to tell us, availability is way more important than athletic ability Mm -hmm. any day. I don't care how special of an athlete you are. Mm -hmm. If you're not available to play, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. We want to take the guy that's out here grinding every day, that's working every day. Yeah, he might not have the talent you, you got and all that type of stuff, but he's going to be out here every single day, and we know that. We can count on him. You know what I mean? And a lot of these dudes think that, man, I'm, a, I'm this type of athlete. I'm, you know, I'm this big time, and you know, I could sit out and do it. No, man. When you sit out, it opens up the door for other kids, young kids, to come out there and show what they got, and then the coaches start seeing what they got, and then maybe, maybe we don't need James. No, you know, he's yeah. been on the sideline for the last three weeks. You know, this young kid been in here balling. Maybe we don't need him. 
you know, and then shoot. And then that's when you end up cut. That's why I always, when Reggie came on our podcast, Reggie Wayne came on our podcast, he told us that story. When he was at Miami, he said his ankle was messed up. But he said it was a guy behind him. I don't know if people know his name, but his name was Andre Johnson. <laughs> and he said there was no way in the world he was not going to come out to practice, even with a sore ankle, and give Andre more reps. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, so he was like, I don't care if I'm hobbling. I'm the starter. I'm coming out here because I ain't letting this kid go out there and get more reps. And the next thing you know, I'm on the bench. Yeah. You know? Yesterday, the Best story of the night was, what is it, his name, Sheehy or Shehi Giuseppe from the Browns? Yes. That's one of the best stories right now that everybody should follow in the NFL. The dude, just a week before training camp began, was sleeping outside of a facility in Miami, and he lied his way to get into a, uh, what was it, a workout with the Browns, and he ran a 4-3-40, and they were like, okay, this guy's kind of fast. Let's see what he's about. And he earned himself a little spot on the 90-man roster. Then he goes and runs that thing back for, what, an 86? yard return for a touchdown and all of his teammates were so proud and happy for him but it's this guy who had the mentality of I'm going to do whatever it takes to get an opportunity to play in the NFL and I'm going to make the most of every single second of every single day and that's what teams love and coaches love and front office people love so he's like a great example of you got to do what you got to do in order to make you know this roster, especially when you're a guy who goes unnoticed and undrafted. 100%. 100%, man. Don't never take none of this for granted, man. Exactly. I'm telling you, I used to tell all the young guys when, when I was playing, man, and they come in, I'm like, dude, every day you come out here, I know you looking around the room and you see Jordy Nelson, you see myself, you see Randall Cobb, you see Greg Jennings, you're telling yourself, man, how am I going to make this team? And I used to always tell them, bro, it's 31 other teams. You come out here, you get busy, you show them what you can do, and you make it hard on them, man. But don't take none of this for granted. If you got a pulled hamstring, if it ain't torn off the bone or whatever, bro, you come practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you got to continue every day to show them what you got, man. No doubt. Now, the star of the first episode, aside from Gruden, of course, was rookie first-round draft pick safety Jonathan Abram. We are going to discuss that when we come back. But first, we have to take a quick break. So stay where you are. For any of our Blue Wire listeners who are entrepreneurs and sell things online, you want to listen to this. As you know, when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or even your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, it helps you save money on shipping costs, and the most important thing, it helps keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. 
so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. Again, go to ShipStation.com and enter the promo code BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, we are back. Now, the start of the first episode, as I mentioned, aside from Gruden, of course, was rookie safety Jonathan Abram, one of the Raiders' three first-round draft picks. And we learned a lot about him in the first episode, okay? So I'm going to talk about some things I learned, and then, James, you can chime in afterwards. So one, you know, this guy hates being called a rook. He acts like a vet, which I love, or maybe he just talks too much. I don't know. We'll discuss that as well. Um, He's intense. He loves to lay the wood. He has trouble, though, dialing down his intensity um, and also listening to direction, (laughs) listening to his coaches. Uh, His convo with Gruden was hilarious, but also a little disrespectful. Um, I feel like Gruden wanted to wring the guy's neck uh, when he was telling him, don't hurt our players, don't tackle our guys, you know. Uh, We also learned he owned two horses growing up. And the scene with him and Cleveland Farrell riding the horses to the song Old Town Road was amazing. And lastly, there was a scene where Derek Carr took out all the rookies for dinner in Napa. And Abram had me laughing, also shaking my head, because he didn't know how to pronounce salmon. And he said, is it seared salmon or salmon? And Derek's like, bro, it's salmon. You got (laughs) to learn these things now that you got money, bro. You're going to go to nice restaurants. And not to hate or anything, but I just thought that was... Freaking hilarious. I was shaking my head, though, also in disbelief. Um, What did you learn from Abram? What did you take out of his appearance on Hard Knocks? Yeah, to be honest with you, the only thing I took from it was when he was talking to Gruden. And I felt like when he was talking to Gruden that, I don't know, I don't don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I felt like when he was talking to Gruden, it was kind of like, I have arrived. And you haven't made a play yet. Mm, Facts. You you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you've been out here and, you know, you've possibly been looking very good at camp and all that, but you have not made a play in a real game in the National Football League yet. So look at the coach. Respect what the coach is saying. He's been in this business for a long time. He knows how it's supposed to look not only at practice but in the game as well. And from the conversation that I, that him and Gruden had, it was like, I was looking at it like, man, when this dude gets a lot of money, he might be hard to control. That's that's how I took it. He said, you can't cut me. I couldn't believe that. That's what I'm saying. But he's right about that, though. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> is. He's a first-rounder. He's a, he's a first he knows, like, look, I'm at least guaranteed up in this thing for at least two, three years. You can't cut me the first year. You know what I'm saying? So he's right about that. But at the same time, I don't even like that mindset. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because I want you to come out there, whether you was a first-rounder or a seventh-rounder, and have the mindset that I have to make the team, that I have to make my team better, and I'm going to do whatever the coaches tell me. You know what I mean? He kind of came off like, man, shoot, I have arrived and you have not made a play yet. Yeah, that definitely was something I took from it. A lot of fans, they were like, yeah, I love this kid. He's going to be so good. He, you know, but it's like he hasn't even taken a snap in the National yeah. Football League. But I'm just saying, even, even, if he, even if he is a beast, 
You know what I'm saying? Have respect for your head coach. Yes, when Gruden was talking to him, man, have respect for your coach. Listen to what he's saying, man. I know it's a time. I'm the biggest jokester. Yeah. It's a time for joking, and it's a time to be serious. Right then and there, if you look at Gruden's face, he was being serious. Son, this is how we practice. We're not taking nobody out. you got to kind of control the way you practice. Start practicing like a pro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because not only is you being out of control going to hurt yourself, but you're going to hurt somebody else, too. Yeah, and Steve Smith actually sat down with him when they were at uh, Raiders training camp uh, broadcasting from there for the NFL Network and he was like yo you talk too much as a veteran I hate that you talk too much like I would hate it and that's what I'm saying he doesn't want to get that rep and you haven't made a play yet Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're a baller and you're talking and all that, I've been around dudes that are monsters, talk a lot. Coaches just say, leave him alone. <laughs> Let him talk. This is what I will say. I'm somebody who talks a lot. You know that. And sometimes yeah. I can get a little carried away. And I think that because the cameras are around and the Hard Knocks cameras are around, that maybe he was trying to put on a show and maybe that really isn't really him. Yeah. Per se, like he does talk a lot, but maybe he's not a guy who's super disrespectful, but he kind of just went overboard because the yeah, cameras and, are there. And you can you can tell that he's a guy that just likes to have fun. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. just watching, you can tell he's a guy that likes to have fun. But what I'm saying is as veterans on the team, if you get out there in these games and you tripping and you still coming in here, you know, running your mouth and talking crazy and doing all that, like, bro, this is not adding up. Mm-hmm, you know what no, I mean? Sure. So, you know, but I just kind of, it's, a, it's always a time for joking. It's a time to be serious. And at that point, I felt like, dude, listen to your coach, man. He's trying to get you right. You know what's so funny, though? When he did say Salmon, I was like, are you serious, bro? Yeah. I was hating. Then I thought to myself, girl, everybody used to make fun of you at UCLA because you thought that Chanel was pronounced channel. But I was like, yo, I'm from <laughs> Eastside San Jose. I yeah. shopped at Ross. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I didn't know nothing about designer stuff. That's a whole lot worse, too, though. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. You're right. I'm just kidding. Um, now, the other thing is, real quick, uh, so we can wrap this up. When the first death chart came out, it was pretty much what we expected. And a ton of rookies who are expected to make impacts right away. There was about actually five of them who were listed as starters. So we had running back Josh Jacobs, uh, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, who's going to start in the slot, who we love. You know, fullback Alec Ingold. Edge rusher Cleveland Farrell, and then of course safety Jonathan Abram. So those five rookies expected to make impacts right away. Out of those guys, who do you think is going to have the biggest year? I'm a little torn on this one. It ain't tough for me. It's very easy for me. Josh Jacobs or Renfro? From being out there <laughs> watching practice, it's Hunter Renfro. Oh yes. Okay, good. Yes, it is. It is. It is definitely going to be him. I mean. He's working the slot. They give him a lot of option routes in the slot, and he is taking advantage of everyone. I'm telling the world right now, man, we are looking at the next Wells Welker. I'm telling the world. We are looking at the next Wes Welker. Hunter Renfro could do all of that. He could run those routes. He looks like a calm, cool vet out there, yes. so I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this season. Now, obviously, you could say the same thing about Josh Jacobs, only because if we're going based on if the offensive line was completely healthy and keeping Carr upright, and as Richie Incognito said, we are big as F, I think that's going to open things up for the run game. So I think Josh is going to be their bell cow, and I think he'll have a lot of success. He's like the featured back, opposed to you have Tyra Williams and AB on the other side, plus Renfro. You know what I'm saying? 
So there's you know only one ball to go around, but you have Josh Jacobs as the primary running back for this football team. That's why I think it could be Josh Jacobs, even though Hunter's going to be that fantasy sleeper for a lot of people. Absolutely, man. I mean, shoot, and then even even beyond the running running game, man, he he does some good things in the passing game as well. So. Yeah, so. He's going he's gonna to have a good year, too, especially, like I said, Gabe will miss one game, if that. And then uh, you get Richie back after two games, man. And, you know, I think they're going to want to ground and pound this thing, man, and play action pass. And it's going to be a good offense, man. This, this is going to be a good offense. But just out there watching Hunter, man, run those routes and get in the slot and really pick those slot corners apart, um, I think I think he's going to have a huge year. He had a nice toe-tap touchdown yesterday at camp. I saw, like, a lot of different angles, man. He's, man, he's nice. And I love that he doesn't look the part as uh, we talked about on the podcast the last time two weeks ago when he came on with me and how everyone makes fun of him calling him like a substitute teacher and an old man yeah. and etc i love yeah, it he does, yeah 100 percent. he definitely looked like a bank teller when you look at it like he just you know shoot i asked you to go get hunter for me and you're like i have no idea what he looks like and i pulled up the picture you're like hold up that's hunter <laughs> <laughs> i ended up yeah, giving him he, myself he, but yeah, he had me fooled, too. Um, okay, last thing about the Raiders. Uh, stadium in Las Vegas, it will officially be named Allegiant Stadium. So Allegiant Airlines and the Raiders are teaming up. And a lot of people don't even know, uh, they didn't even know before this, that the airline even existed. And we're surprised like a bigger name company didn't buy the naming rights. But the funny thing is... I wasn't surprised at all because I have flown Allegiant Air plenty of times. Uh, They offer a ton of cheap nonstop flights to Vegas from cities across the country, and a lot of them are smaller cities. So when I lived in Casper, Wyoming for my first on-air job, I would fly to Vegas on Allegiant for like 50 or 60 bucks round trip. Um, So I would go to Vegas all the time, meet up with their friends. You missed a lot of those trips because you were in Green Bay. But my question to you is, as long as Allegiant is dishing out the cash, does the name of a stadium even matter to you? Because a lot of people were making a big deal about this, and I'm like, y'all crazy. Absolutely not. I mean, shoot, if they dishing out the money, I don't care what the name is. Facts. You know what I mean? Shoot. Just like if they dishing out the money, I don't care what NFL team I'm on. As long as I'm getting paid <laughs> to feed my family and go out there and try to fight and win some games, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care if I'm in the heat. I don't care if I'm in the cold. If they paying me to do my job, then that's it. Shoot. So, listen, no worries. That's the name of the stadium. Now let the stadium get built. Let's go win some games. But they paying the money? Absolutely not. Exactly. It's so ridiculous that people were up in arms. I'm like, y'all are tripping. But anyways, all right. Well, we are running out of time because my guy James Jones has to go to the NFL Network and be on air once again. It's always crazy busy during football season for him. And... The madness has started. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. Till next week, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.